0: Here we go. Three. No, question. two. Question. No. No. No,
1: I'm
0: a question. <laughs> Alright, what what?
2: Do you want sassy pant hot sauce, Teresa, or sugar and spice?
1: I want hot sauce, Teresa. I always want hot sauce, Teresa.
2: Alright, I'm bringing the fire.
0: Bring the sass.
2: No one is safe. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. It's gonna be a different it's gonna be a different story after my intro. Here we go. Three <laughs> Two, one. Hey, toy family. Welcome to another edition of the Marsham Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Hamm. I'm Teresa Hawkins.
1: And I'm George Gaspar.
0: Welcome back, George.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me back.
0: Honestly, I don't remember. What was the last episode you were on?
1: I don't know. It just feels like a year ago. It,
2: it was like a year ago. You're back, Sam. So. <laughs>
0: Let's get back to reality. When was it? Like three or four episodes ago? Uh, like a month. Yeah, it was probably it was probably a month ago. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, oh yeah, I know well, when
0: it was. It was our infamous train wreck episode. So yeah, I, about a month ago.
1: Yeah, I derailed everything and then hopped off. <laughs> <laughs> Turk. <laughs> I wanted to let you guys get it back on track and fix it, and then I'll come back in.
2: Well, we've we've been uh, adjusting some nuts and bolts, trying to share the track up.
1: I'm. I'm gonna start with a little like, uh, congratulations! You guys did some great interviews while I was away. I love not being on the show because then I can listen to it.
0: That's so, what you do yeah. anyways when you're on. <laughs> well,
1: exactly, but then I don't have to feel like a <laughs> jerk for not saying anything. Else.
0: Oh, gotcha.
1: Um, I I'm sad I didn't get my back in the day ding with, with that million <laughs> back in the days.
0: Dude, there's at least forty. And there was something you even missed digging, by the way. I know. A couple people alerted me to that. That's nuts. That was
1: awesome.
0: I'm glad you enjoyed those. We had fun doing them. That was, we learned a lot on those two episodes. But today, we're actually going to go back to Toy Talk. We're going to try mini sods. I'm not, you guys want to time it? I don't want to time it. Let's just try to be aware to kind of get in in, and out.
1: Yeah, we'll just do what we do. We'll see how long it goes.
2: We like, we were doing Toy Talk for so long. And then we were kind of stuck in. So we said, well, let's do a crap ton of guests. But now we're like, ah, we even talked toy stuff.
0: And another thing we haven't been doing in quite a while is leaks and sneak peeks. So we're going to get back to that today. But before we get to that, Teresa, you wanted to rattle off a couple of shows that are going on.
2: Oh, yes. So George, were you on when I, when I pitched this highlight of the week thing?
1: I don't know. I, I remember hearing it, but I don't know if I heard it live and, Talked about it, or if we just—I if I heard it when you guys were
2: on. You know, I think I actually tried to start it during our train wreck episode. So yeah, I'm trying to bring it back. I guess I don't know if it's highlight of the week or what, but I wanted to rattle off um, just a couple of shows uh, that are happening. I have to say, clutter is ridiculous. They've been doing this three shows a month thing. I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but there's this trifecta going on this weekend. They've got three different shows opening. Uh, one is a group show called Revenge of Planet Rainbow Sparkles. It's where they um, everyone submits different colors and they basically create a giant rainbow wall in the gallery. They've got 50 artists involved, hundreds of pieces. Uh, that looks like it's going to be awesome. And then they have two different solo shows. They have uh, The Wonderful Sad Salesman doing a show called The Cute, The Weird, and The Derpy. And then uh, Robin of Beanie Bat has her first solo show I might be her first solo show ever. I think called "The Forest Awakens." So, awesome things. I'm waiting for my email. I know it. You know the shows will have already started uh, by the time this episode comes out. But um, usually, Clutter's really good about getting the pieces up online, so you can go check it out. And then, do y'all remember King Picara? This is weird. It's like we're going all the way how back. Could, to Strange. How could
0: I forget? Yes, I remember King <laughs> Picara.
2: So. Uh, There's actually going to be a show at Q-Pop Shop by that artist, Art Junkie. They have an exhibition there uh, where they're going to have various toys made by that artist, original paintings, and then a King Picara custom show all in one. So, yeah, good stuff going on, shows. I'm sure I miss stuff, but those caught my eye, and I just wanted to shout them out real quick. And then another quick highlight of the week There's a new Kickstarter dropping this Friday for Muji World. Yay! Yay. We are actually going to have them on as a guest, so I won't dig too deep into it because we can just ask them about it. But it starts this Friday, so by the time this episode's out, it'll be live. They're dropping a new comic book, but they'll also have exclusive toy sculpture editions as part of the Kickstarter too. So check it out.
0: Nice. Should we do a round of back-in-the-day history? That's something we haven't done in a while.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you want to do this one? Because I think you're the one who found this.
0: Yeah, I found this thing many months ago back when I first when I was going to start doing the This Week in History post. I think I did three or four in a row, but I just realized how much work it was. I already work on this podcast like four or five nights out of my week. And so for some reason, I decided to take another one of my free nights off to do research for that history post. And so it wasn't getting much um, appreciation or feedback. So I just kind of, maybe it wasn't something people were into. So I stopped doing it. But one of the things I did discover was back in September, 2009, that was when Kid Robot had their death to false vinyl rally in New York city in protest of those taco bell bell heads toys. You guys remember that they went, there's like a taco bell food truck in New York city. They went there on the weekend and I guess Taco Bell food truck was going to give away free tacos and free Bellhead toys and Kid Robot got a sniff of that and decided to protest it and rally it by going there and people were wearing death to false vinyl t-shirts they were handing out free dunnies and it was it was a pretty big deal back then back in the day
1: Wow it really that's crazy You remember that George? I think I have the whole set
2: of oh, the Taco Bell ones?
1: Oh, yeah. I went I went searching for those. Like, I, I was collecting those hardcore.
2: I got to look them up. Hold on. I got to refresh my memory.
1: Pretty sure they were called Bellhead.
2: Oh, that's right. So these little Bellhead toys, part of what I think the, the dispute was not so much that Taco Bell did these sort of Bellhead vinyls, but they looked like ripoffs
0: of Dunnies.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a very specific artists that were being ripped off on each one, too.
0: Yeah. yeah. They weren't exact replica, like they were not copies in that sense, but they were heavily, heavily influenced by previous Dunny designs by several artists. One I remember was a Kathy Olivas girl in a bunny suit with her mouth zip clothes, and so the bellhead Dunny was also a white bunny with in a, in a bunny costume with a zipper, but they made it a little cuter, but you can tell, you just, if you saw them side by side, they were definitely influenced, and several other ones, and the Bellhead series were just like that. If you put them side by side to other Dunnies, you can tell they were inspired by same color palettes and everything.
2: But that's crazy, isn't it? Crazy to think that ten years ago, Kid Robot was out there like rebelling and saying, "Don't do knockoffs." What else were they saying, like?
0: Oh, here I found the uh, the link for. It. And actually, it was a Kid Robot blog post. Here's here's what it says. We will be giving away over a thousand dunnies to show the city of New York what's a real vinyl toy. Wear your Death to False Vinyl shirt and join our rally. Two full (laughs) hours of free dunnies, shirts, stickers, and more while supplies last. I just,
2: I just, times just, man, times have changed. It just cracked me out that they were all
0: real vinyl here, here, and now. Wait, at the end of this, it says, friends don't let friends collect crappy toys.
1: That's an actual
0: kidrobot.com blog post.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. It's funny because the bell heads weren't even vinyl. like They they were ABS, weren't
0: they? You know, I never actually saw them in hand, so I have no idea. I'm pretty
1: sure. Maybe they had vinyl bodies, but they had ABS heads, like the big bell. I'm pretty sure they were ABS, though. Oh,
0: man. So, yeah, speaking of which, if we're going to do history... Again, a decade ago, 2009, the Toy Chronicle brought this video to our attention this week, but there was a release party for the Ye Old English Dunny series in the UK, and there's a whole video for it. We'll share this video in our show notes, but if you go back and watch this video, it just makes you, it just like a trip down memory lane. It makes you realize how big Dunny release parties are used to be and how they were handled they were grand events at this release party in particular again it was in the uk but paul Budness was on hand baroness she used to work for uh, kid robot she handled i guess like marketing and promotional stuff setting up events julie west was there clutter miranda was there back when she lived in the uk i love dust dr ray Peskimo, and tato were painting a custom two four foot dunny on hand triclops just so many different artists and just the amount of collectors in the audience and just waiting to get into the building for this release was also awesome to see so it's just cool just dunny events were different back then oh
2: yeah
1: oh yeah I remember I mean I remember those things because you know being here in la where where one of the stores was like they had huge events like that all the time it was it was great mm-hmm I remember going with Scott up to one of his events in San Francisco just to – because he, he had a signing up there with – I think it was with Julie West, wasn't it? And it was at the Kid Robot store for one of their Dunny things. They brought him up to that, so we drove up together. I drove up with him, and, you know, we hung out. I hung out while he did the signing and just
0: hung out at the store, and it was it was cool. Nice. Yeah, they don't do that anymore, do they? No, uh, well, that's they, not they, true. They
1: don't really have stores left, right? Like
0: No, not as far as physical location stores, but remember – all the stores whether they were Kid Robot or not whether it was Rodofuji, Red Hot Robot, Dragatomi, Rivet, My Plastic Heart. Remember all the stores the night before the actual release they would have like a a trading and release party where you can go and get these things. I remember in Phoenix it was kind of a big deal when there was a, a Dunny drop and I just remember that. It was a, it was a whole country sort of celebration. And we just don't have anything like that anymore. I there was the occasional I know that 3D Retro's done a few release parties. I think there was one at Rota Fuji maybe a few years ago, but nothing. Nothing is grand. Much smaller, more quiet releases.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I don't know if that's like, if, I mean, because all those people are still buying that stuff. And just maybe they don't people more. I don't know. Do they just not care about going to events like that? Or I don't know. Maybe there's not. Maybe the not enough artists participating. To, to get some people to do signings. So I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah. But you know what? We got to be fair to Kid Robot. They've gone through a lot of change in 10 years. Yeah, I'm sure. Paul Budnitz left, a couple of change in presidents. Then they almost crumbled all together and they were bought out by NECA. So a lot of change. They were running like ballers back in the early days. It's just probably actually operating far beyond their actual means. You know, we talked to Jesse last week when he was talking about from one of his Dunny releases, they had him flying to four different city locations in the course of a weekend. Like that's, that's nuts. And then this one, we were talking about the video where, several people all flew over to the u k for a celebration. so yeah, i I imagine after two thousand and nines economy crash, things definitely did have to change and especially with the restructuring of the company. So anyways, let's move on from history and do some leaks and sneak peeks. Yeah, let's do it. You. Okay. Who wants to go first? Teresa? Ladies first? Sure.
2: Okay, I have two. Two. I know, I know. know. We haven't
0: done it in a while, so I will allow it this one time.
2: Well, so we get, you know, we've been getting some feedback, and I know we have a habit of going into our old patterns of always talking about cute, 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 cute. So one of my leaps and sneaks is gonna be Pop Mart. Complete opposite. No, I'm going non-cute. So. There is actually this really cool piece being put out by Clutter. Um, and it was sculpted by Tokyo Jesus. So it's this piece called Oni Taiyu. It's a smoke and mirrors edition. It's a 12-inch double cast resin piece between Clutter and Tokyo Jesus. And it's this crazy double cast woman with these, like, bodies on her back, like a backpack. But... It's basically the concept of it says the crystal blood tie you revealed her outer form while this release showcases her deepest secrets, the skulls of her many victims. And it's like her legs are just stacks of skull heads. And you can see her like skull shape within it. And like I said, on her back is like two dead bodies. That's kind of like Siamese style, like a backpack. It's crazy. And it
0: glows. I'm looking at the photos now, it's, this is what you consider a real designer art toy. This is nuts. I don't even know how they're pulling this off. George, do you know how they're pulling off this double-cast treatment? Is everything on the interior, is that one solid piece that then they're then recasting clear resin around?
1: I would imagine, I mean, I don't know for certain what they were doing, but I would imagine it's yeah, you have the master sculpt that's the outside shape and then once you have that you can pour up you know either a wax or whatever you want to sculpt in and then you can sculpt the inner shape from that so you can kind of do a reductive sculpt and take away all the material so then you have the inner thing that fits exactly in it would fit exactly in the mold of that outer shape so then you cast, you, you cast all the interiors paint them or whatever you're doing to them treat them however you want then you put those into the mold back into the mold of the bigger one and pour the clear around it it's a lot of work like it's it's not easy imagine like if one if the casting doesn't come out you've now wasted that interior piece that you did all that work on so yeah i mean the price the price is expensive and it's worth it because there's a ton of work involved
0: in this yeah, this is way, this is by far the most complex version of a double cast I've personally seen. And I just scrolled down, the inside is glow in the dark.
2: That's what I said. I said it glows. And when you look at it from the back, it's like this weird Siamese twin body school twin thing.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool.
2: And you can see like the skull shape of the woman the warrior woman with her freaking crazy stacked skull legs. It's nuts. It's there's 350 bucks.
1: past stuff. That's just like, it's so much work. I don't know why anybody does it, but like, there's a few people doing it then. And they're just really nailing it with, with cool shit. Barbarian rage does the stuff too. And, you know, he, he does this crazy, like he-man type figures, like he-man figures with all these interior stuff. And, they're just
0: nuts. Th- these yeah, are all and- being pulled out of Clutter Studios in New York. They're not, no one else is doing it. This is actually being pulled by probably Josh or Miranda or someone there. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, that Clutter Studios is doing it. Fuck. In New York. Lovingly yeah. hand created in New York by Clutter Studios. Well, studio- in- and it's. It-
0: it's too bad they can't nominate themselves in the Designer Toy Award because this, <laughs> this piece is amazing. <laughs>
1: Someone else could nominate them, right? Like,
0: Yeah, but I don't think they can even put it up there because a lot of people are skeptical that, that this thing is rigged and all that sort of stuff. So I think anything that's clutter related, they remove from the categories just altogether.
1: That's too bad because this is a ton of work. I mean, I,
0: this I've, is amazing.
1: Yeah. I've seen them do some. I was I, last time I was out there, I went to their studio and they were doing some of this double casting stuff and just seeing them work on that stuff back there it's like oh man i wouldn't want to do it it's so much work
0: i didn't know you did that
1: uh yeah it was a while it was a while back it was like probably i don't even know. it was last year i think maybe
0: (laughs) way to bring that up like a year later george you realize we run a toy talk podcast here i don't know what i do (laughs)
2: It, have you all seen Scott um, Wilkowski's work? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, he's like kind of—he's the guy that I always think whenever I see these, I think of Scott Wilkowski
2: because he
0: was—I do too. He's like the OG guy, right? He's kind of the guy that kind of started this whole double cast thing.
1: I feel like that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That—that's—that's that's kind of my opinion because I, every—I do the same thing, George. Every time I see it, I think of Scott and all of the crazy double casting he's done and i know he does a lot of collaborations with blue bear but yeah this piece by clutter you can't not call it out um but uh just for a few details so it's gonna be it is a little more pricey 350 a piece um it's gonna be a pre-order the pre-order starts friday so by the time this airs it'll be up um and they're doing 50 pieces so i don't know how quick it'll go but it's it'll be sold out it's killer it's a very un-Teresa piece for everyone listening. It is. See? I'm trying to... Look at me.
0: Proud of Something. you, Teresa.
2: I'm Teresa. Okay, can I do a Teresa thing now? Real quick?
1: <laughs> What's Chris <laughs> Reiniak releasing
0: now? <laughs> no,
2: no, no. No. Okay. You remember... Um, I think we mentioned Seed Arts when we talked about Five Points. There was this prototype... That I saw, Um, let me see if I can give you all the links so that you can see what I'm talking about. So, uh, whoa, where did, okay. So Seed Arts is um, this resin caster and she posted recently that she's working on a collaboration with this Instagram user called Puffy Puff Puff. That's their Instagram name, Puffy Puff Puff underscore. And if you go look, so I had never heard of this Puffy Puff Puff, and I went over to their account, and oh my god, they're this 3D sculptor of insanely so Teresa designs. Like, the entire feed is uber cute, and I want all of them to be real. Like, I wish they were all toys and not just 3D sculpts. Um, But anyway, Seed Arts and this Puffy Puff Puff are collaborating (laughs) together. I know it sounds really absurd, but that's... Well, it's Puffy the... The username is Puffy Puff Puff, and then the name in the account is Puffy the Puff Puff.
0: <laughs> George, you're driving in your car. You're listening to this right now, and you keep I on hearing kill myself already, Puffy, the to... Puff. <laughs> <laughs> Puffy the Puff Puff.
2: Puffy the Puff Puff. But it's worth it because they're working on this adorable piece. It's called a quartz dragon. Picture, I don't know, like a pudgy little dragon with kind of um, quartz, like almost like a rock formations, kind of growing on the head and spine. Um, it's got a little, little, little arms sitting up by the mouth. It's kind of head tilted up, eyes closed, a little pudgy. I don't know. It's just super, super cute. And I think they're still trying to figure out uh, what size they're going to cast. They've got examples of a five-inch and a two-inch. And obviously, I want the teeny-weeny two-inch because it's so cute. And imagine put on your desk and they're looking up at you all cute like
1: I gotta say, I'm looking at their page. I'm looking at the Puffy Puff Puff page, and man, (laughs) there there is some cute stuff on there.
2: Oh my God! Right?
1: That pencil with the eraser, and they both got cute eyes. Like,
2: and their eraser's holding on with hands on the top. Oh my God! and a candy corn. Oh.
1: Yeah, it's pretty adorable. And it's fun to say.
2: Puffy puff, puppy. Oh God, Puffy puff
1: puff. We need to move on. Puffy the Puff Puff. <laughs> I like that they had to put an underscore after their name because Puffy Puff Puff was already taken.
0: <laughs> Random okay. thought. Do you guys prefer, for your naming conventions of files, do you prefer to do dashes or the underscores?
2: What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> <laughs> you know how when you have a file and you can type. Marsham underscore toy underscore hour underscore podcast underscore blah, 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 blah. Or would you prefer to separate the words with dashes? There's something about if you do underscore, Google reads it all as one word. And if you do it as dashes, it reads each word individually. So if you're doing a Google image search, things show up better if you did a file name convention with dashes instead of underscores.
1: Okay. I do dashes.
0: Hmm. See, I've always done underscore.
1: I just don't like the way the underscore looks.
2: I don't understand why we're even talking about this.
0: (laughs) Sorry. George mentioned something about underscore.
2: (laughs) It was literally just the name of the user account. What are you talking about?
0: I got completely sidetracked. A little ADD today. This is being cut out. You know, George, literally, I
2: just... I can't even with Gary because the other day he did not realize that if someone texts you an image, you can click it and view the whole thing.
1: Oh,
0: that yeah. that's not totally entirely true. Of course I knew that you can do that. No, you didn't. No, I well, I, th- I just forgot. Mommy, you're <laughs> out <of> your fighting. <laughs> <laughs> We've been told that people don't like when we banter too long, Teresa, so let's move on. George, what <clears> do you have?
1: All right, so you have laid down the rule that I couldn't do a Kickstarter, so I went on and looked at some other things online. Um, There's two that I really want to talk about as well, so maybe I'll just, I'll start with the the easy one that you guys already always talk about, which is Unbox, but the news was everywhere today, Spanky's and Toy Chronicles, I'm sure other places, the Unbox and Friends Wave 2 series is coming out, or is out, I guess, is up for pre-order or up for order or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's they've shown all the designs now and I know they've been leaking pictures here and there but they've shown everything and man this is a there's a couple in this series I really like. I obviously I'm a fan of Scott stuff, Scott Tallison, so I really want that freckle, the little baby freckle because I love that freckle character he had before. Mm-hmm. So this is a new version of that and uh I definitely want to get that guy and I got to tell you after listening to the retro band it makes me want to get that baby meets. Same. That and listening to him on your show was was really great, and uh, that interview was really cool. If anybody hasn't listened to it, and they skipped it and went just to this one. Go back, listen to the retro band episode, and yeah, it makes me want to get that baby meets guy.
0: I feel the same way. Had we not done that interview with retro band, I don't know if that meet that baby meets in that series would have appealed to me. But now, I I really like it, and I want to help support it and get it because of him.
1: Yeah, and of course the monsterism figure I got to get to.
0: Yes, the snorse one.
1: Yeah, the baby with the, snorse with the
0: with like the total bowl cut, which is strange. But you know, the original one kind of had that look too. It's just a little different in this this reinterpretation that the designer. So one single designer reinterpreted all these characters by all these different artists. So to Nathan Pong, I think who it was. So it's that's really why the, cool to have
1: that. I, I like the idea of that. Have have one artist take a bunch of different people's characters and redo them as something else. Like I kind of like that idea.
0: I do. And I would like to see another company because to Nathan pong seems to be the unbox guy. It'd be interesting if another company had another single artist do this with some other stuff.
1: Yeah. I think and is be-
0: there an artist that you would love to see translate a bunch of different things?
1: Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to selfishly think I would want to do this. Like, this is something like, this is a great idea. Like I would love, cause I'm always looking at people's sculpts going, man, I want to do that different. It's something that I've, I would love to try. It'd um, be fun. But yeah, I mean, I'd like anybody, like I'd like to see like a guy like Alex Pardee take a bunch of different people's stuff and go do it in his style and have it made like that. Like, wow. I don't know. I love I, yeah, anybody, any, I mean, any of your favorite artists could go out there and do something like this would be rad. That'd be awesome. I think it'd be really cool. Teresa, you're oddly quiet on this cute series of toys.
2: Yeah. Let's I, get
1: sassy, sassy Teresa is about to enter the ring.
2: Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> it's just disappointing. I, I want to poo-poo all over it because, you know, I love Unboxed. But I'm disappointed in series two. All
1: right, so why, What? what's disappointing about it? I mean, this seems to me, if I was to look at this from an outsider point of view that it would be something you'd be all over baby versions of all these guys
2: i don't know series two just has a different vibe to me and i really like series one and so i had high expectations for series two and i was really excited but then i kind of saw the final review and it was just kind of like Meh. like the the one design that i really really like is kiwi which is the little baby kiwi bird with a leaf on its head flipping adorable i want that one but besides that one I could take I'm just kind like, mm. like yeah, of like like the one that
1: would be the most to you for sure
2: yeah it's just a different vibe in a way I get it like it's not a bad thing that series two has a different vibe and has a different set of you know artists and styles being pulled in it's just for me as a lover of cute most of them don't really speak to me not enough for me to be like, oh my god, yes, I want to buy. And definitely not enough for me to be like, yeah, heck yes, I'm buying a case so I have a chance at Chases again. Because I'm assuming they're doing the same thing with the coins and the Chases and maybe the um, the secret like hand-painted pieces in there and all that kind of jazz. But yeah, I, I do have to say, Baby Meets is cute. And having talked to Retro Rand, it's a lot cuter when you look at it kind of with that context. But for me overall, for Series 2... It just doesn't do it for me.
0: Something's happened to Teresa George. She's changed.
1: She's getting the bitter edge that we all have from being yeah. in this industry too long.
0: I think I think so. She's starting right. to... She's, to, she's seen too much. She's not excitable about just anything and everything anymore. She's looking at it with a more critical eye. Well, here's the she's, thing.
1: In one year, Teresa will start to think that she can produce stuff better than everyone else and then in, by two years from now so a year after that she will try her hand at making her own thing this is what happens to everyone in the scene they start as a collector and then they're like i could do this i'm gonna do this better because everything else here is stupid and then they're gonna put their thing out and that's how we're, we're an entire industry of people who make their own thing and don't buy anything anymore
0: you're not it wrong is, that's
1: great
2: it is It's absolutely hilarious to me that you said that because I literally had this exact conversation with someone earlier because we were talking about like someone, we were talking about series two and I think I was saying like, eh, like, I don't know. And I just said, I don't know. Like, I guess I'm changed. Like no more, I don't want to buy cases anymore. Everything I look at, I'm just like, eh, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And they were like, oh my God, like Said they were like, Oh, it was nice knowing you, you've changed. And he was like, They were like, You're probably going into the next cycle, which is purging. And I was like, That's hilarious because I literally want to purge like everything in my house right
1: now. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then you'll you'll purge it all and then you'll start designing your own.
2: and, And so I was like, Joking, I was like, I feel like this has been like my. I went from what is this stuff? Oh my god, look at all this stuff. I'm going to buy all the stuff. Oh, my God, I'm buying too much. Let's focus and only buy some of the stuff. I'm still buying too much stuff. I have too much stuff. I don't have room for this stuff. I don't want to buy all this stuff. Why am I buying this stuff? I should sell all this stuff.
0: What is going on here? That's like a George George Carlin skit right there. Well, it's funny because that's exactly what happened
1: in this industry. I mean, it just happens. There was a time when the, when the industry was new. It was everybody was Teresa's. And everybody was buying everything. And then everybody went through that six-year period. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, I have too much stuff. And everybody stopped. So there was a lull where everything kind of dropped away and went away. And then, you know, but during that time, there were always new collectors coming in. So there was always a little bit of people still buying. And then as new people are coming, new people are still buying. So the new people were still there. But that main surge that all came up together all disappeared together at the same time. So it was... And it kind of like it's never recouped all the way, and that's why they don't. I mean, that's kind of relating to what we talked about earlier. That's why all those parties don't exist anymore, and all that stuff. Like, it it all just kind of went away.
2: It's funny to me that you say six years because it's been right around that time. I came in around 2012. (laughs) It's a six-year window, George.
1: I mean, it makes sense it's it's just it's human nature i mean, yeah, I mean you know what's funny is think about if you think about a, a convention like san diego and if you just if 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 everybody was there all the vendors of san diego everybody sets up right and everybody has all their booths ready and then they open the doors and no one shows up that half like more than half of the vendors in that show are going to be dead if they, if you took away every attendee but then if you go to Designer con and you have all the vendors set up and everybody goes and they open the doors and no one shows up, everyone's still going to sell stuff and make money and be there or at least trade because everyone there is really a fan who wants all this other stuff, but they also make stuff. So you'd still have a great convention of stuff from all the people in there buying and trading and selling. That would never happen in San Diego.
0: I'm just going to call this episode Stuff. <laughs> Why?
1: Is, you I, get, what you guys are saying comment?
0: is, have you ever heard that George Carlin skit where he talks about stuff?
1: It's ex- yeah. This is
0: exactly what we sound like, but less funny than the way he said it.
1: Well, of course. <laughs> I would hope we're less funny than George Carlin. I like stuff for my stuff.
0: Talking, who are you I'm, talking about? Oh, God. He's a He's a, he's a comedian. I will hold on. I'm gonna fucking play it for you. One sec. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, you said the F word.
1: Well he's cutting that out.
2: <laughs> 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 you know, we were supposed to we were all like, okay, we're gonna hop in, highlight a few things, do a quick leak and discuss some topics. <laughs> we're not even through leaks yet.
0: It's it's not a train wreck episode, but with definite derailment. George, what's going on? <laughs> All right, speaking of George, I found the clip. This is George Carlin. Here we go.
2: That's all
1: your house is. It's a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. Now, sometimes, sometimes you've got to move. you got to get a bigger house. Why? Too much stuff. You've got to move all your
2: stuff and maybe put some of your stuff in storage. Imagine that. There's a whole industry based on keeping an eye on your stuff. Enough about your stuff, let's talk about other people's stuff. Did you ever notice when you go to somebody else's house, you never quite feel 100% at home? You know why? No room for your stuff. Somebody else's stuff is all over the place.
1: And what awful stuff it is. Where did they get this stuff? Have you noticed that their stuff is shit and your shit is stuff?
0: But that's what she I... guys sounded like earlier.
1: <laughs> all the stuff.
2: You're just... right though. Now I'm just thinking about all the stuff. <laughs> that that I have. Alright,
0: seriously, we're almost at an hour. We gotta get rolling. Let's move on. Let's just end it.
1: <laughs> Alright.
0: So this is the Where new Teresa. We? She's like, she's just doesn't care about recording anymore. I was just saying, Kara, she doesn't you care didn't about toys anymore. Your, your thing. You're just got your leak. Okay. Let's,
2: well, you let's... said wait, wait. You said you had two. So you talked about unbox. What's the second thing,
1: George? Okay, so I do. I have two, two leaks and sneak peeks. Um, the second one, while I was looking for something to talk about today um, on Spanky's site, I saw that um, the Silver Fox Foxpresso. Have you seen that piece? No. Foxpresso Silver Fox Edition. Um, It's by an artist who goes by the company name of, I don't know how to pronounce it, Carmia, Carmi, Designer Toys, K-A-R-M-I-E-H.
2: Now I know what I sound like.
1: (laughs) His name is like Osim Carmi? Carmi? Ausim Carmi. I don't know how to say that. Sorry, person. I'm butchering it, but uh, it's a really cool sculpt. It's a it's a little fox sipping a cup of coffee, wearing overall, or wearing pants with suspenders, little Converse shoes.
0: 175
1: bucks. Yeah, well, it's probably hand sculpted, right? Like, oh, 100 percent 3D printed resin. So it's a it's a 3D print. Painted 3D print?
0: Wait. Yeah, why what is it 175 bucks if it's just a 3D print? Wait. What is what
2: is 3D? Okay. What is 3D printed resin?
1: Uh it is a 3D printed piece. So it's each each piece would be 3D printed on a machine. So it's not molded but, or anything.
2: But it's when you 3D print something, it's printed using resin?
1: There's all different materials you can print in.
2: Oh, I did not know that. So you think it's a straight-up print that's been painted, or is it printed with the color in it?
1: I'm sure it's printed and painted because there's – I mean, you could see the, um, the texture lines of the 3D print if you do if you click on it and look real close.
0: See, I don't want that. If I'm paying 175 bucks or something, I don't want striation lines.
1: No, but most people don't care about those anymore. I'm with you. I think that you should be cleaning up your pieces and finishing them. But I always get in trouble when I say stuff like that. So
2: no, I'm with you all. I I'm trying to zoom in to look at it because I don't if yeah if I'm gonna be paying that much, I don't care if it was three D printed, but it sure as heck better be nice and smooth and clean and polished.
1: Well, here's the thing. I'm not buying it. I just think it's cool looking. <laughs> I like. You
2: know, okay. You know what's really interesting? This Carmia artist, if you go to them on Instagram, they're actually the person who sculpted the Ravager. The Quicks bust. Okay. So he's the magic behind that piece. Cool. Nice. Is it the Ravager, right? Did I get that right? You know, there's so many Quicks things out there now (laughs) that I literally cannot keep track. I mean, there's, like, tech, and... I don't care. What is it? Yeah, I got it right. It's the Ravager. But that's crazy that he did that.
1: Nice. That it's cool. Here.
2: I, I, I mean, the sculpt is cool. The concept's kind of fun, but I don't know how I feel about the whole 3D print thing.
1: Wow, look at that. He sculpted the Terry McPherson uh, Vampire George, too. Wow. That's
0: cool. This guy's nice. apparently a good sculptor. Yeah. If only we knew how to pronounce his name so people can find him. I mean, geez. So let's let's do this again. His website is Carmia.com K-A-R-M-I-E-H dot com or you can find him on Instagram under the handle Pixel Buddha with one D. Now I want to go back and talk about this whole digital thing because a lot of times actually Teresa this is something you pointed out to me earlier is some people that are digitally printing things are also saying that their stuff is handmade. There was controversy yeah, it, over that. so
2: That's the funny thing. There was actually a topic about this in a Facebook group. Someone was asking the question of, they basically said, hey, I'm confused. Like, how are people, people who are digitally designing and 3D printing toys are advertising them as handmade? Is that actually factual? No. I... I, I well, here's the thing. Did they actually physically use their hand? No. But I mean, if you're sitting there in ZBrush and formulating the entire thing, it's handmade to me. Your work, you're doing the work. Yeah, but it's
0: digitally printed. I think there is a difference there.
2: I disagree. You, George may sit and go sculpt something straight out of Sculpey or Wax or whatever. Someone else may design it in Illustrator or ZBrush or whatever, how is the people who did it digitally any less handmade than the clay people?
1: You could So if you sculpt it in 3D, right, and then a machine prints it out and then I hand it to you, or if I sculpt it in a clay and then I mold it and I cast it and I clean it and then I hand it to you, which one is more handmade? Are they both handmade?
2: Well, okay, the, I think I'm going to go back. I'm going to devil's advocate you. The 3D print one, I'm talking about people who aren't handing out the 3D print, who aren't just saying, here's a 3D print, take the 3D print. I'm talking about the people in our scene who use the 3D print as a starting point. So the 3D print is basically the start. Instead of you, okay, Right, the process usually as you sculpt a thing, you might do a, a, like a trash mold of it, refine it, prime it, sand it down, do another mold. Like there's steps, right? There's usually like a process you follow to get it from the original idea you have to the physical thing you're gonna sell someone or let them buy.
1: Okay. So
2: when a three, when I'm thinking about 3D printing and you doing stuff digitally, I'm just thinking about it as a step in the process. For some people, they start there instead of physically grabbing a thing to craft with their hands. But they're still going to follow through that process until they get to this really refined resin or vinyl or whatever piece. How? I, I to me, those are both processes. It, they're different. I mean, if you want to equate handmade to literally hands physically making it, I mean, then, yeah, no, I guess not. But there's still all these handmade processes in there. Uh-
1: I, I'm on. I'm on the fence about it. I think, yeah, I think 3D sculpting is still hand making because you're still doing it. But if you're, I guess, I mean, he's even painting the stuff, so that's handmade, right? Like it's more handmade than a factory doing it. But the funny thing is, even at a factory, some people are making it with their hands. So it's just not you. Does handmade just mean made by the person who, who's giving it to you? Yeah,
2: maybe I said a handmade, literally meaning made with hands. Physically, that it's just the fact that that
0: person personally made it. Yeah,
1: like, like I made it kind of thing.
0: Right. So, in this case, handmade is being defined as not factory manufactured. Yeah. Which I have, I totally agree with. I, I have no issue with that, especially when, Teresa, if you're going to play devil's advocate, then yeah everything in the entire world would technically be considered handmade. But if you want to break it down to how is a physical object created, like like, let's say my wood stuff, that's made with saws, not necessarily my hands. (laughs) You know? It's silly, but... It
2: just gets really silly. Like you, okay, but you, let's say you do a sketch. Whether you put the pencil to paper or the tablet pen to tablet... You are still taking something from your brain and putting it down and is therefore your concept, your thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's still paper. a sketch if you draw it on a tablet or if you draw it on paper.
0: Of course it is. But aren't we talking about the physical object, the end, the end thing that's made. I can draw on my, say my Wacom tablet all day long, but the second that I go to hit print and the physical in hand, thing is a printout from the copy machine yeah i drew it but i don't call that my hand drawing i call it a print and i get i get that maybe it's the term when you think handmade
2: you're you're thinking physically use use your yeah hand i'm to thinking
0: at first my brain's gonna think literally how was the physical object created but then at some point i'm gonna think how everyone is using the term is was that made independently or from a factory that's all
1: you're just old man
0: Gary, knocked <laughs> up with the times of the exactly. kids these days. Hey, hey, let's go ahead and rewrite the dictionary. Handmade <laughs> means if at some point <laughs> in the process it was touched <laughs> by hand, it's handmade. Done. No.
1: Look, sometimes the dictionary has
0: to be rewritten.
2: <laughs> Gary, it's, I wouldn't, I'm not going to equate a factory produced thing as handmade.
0: Someone there at the factory was using their hands, Teresa, just like George said.
2: Oh, God, shut up. No.
0: Right now, everyone is
1: killing us. So let's move on to the next topic.
0: Yes, please. Gary, you
1: haven't even (laughs) done your leaks yet.
0: No, okay. I'm going to do them now. I'm going to make them short and sweet. So, George, you were talking about Unbox. Unbox is working with Mutant Vinyl Hardcore to create his – character. I guess a few of his characters. I'm not that familiar with Mutant Vinyl Hardcore stuff. So, DX and and Ollie, I believe those are the names of some characters he's done in the past. And now – Unbox is going to be producing more cute proportion chibi 5 versions of those characters in soft vinyl. And usually his stuff would not appeal to me, but these ones I like a lot. I love the proportions, I love the size. It's um I could maybe see myself picking these up.
1: The style of these kind of reminds me. Do you remember uh, Radioactive Uppercut?
0: No, I don't remember that.
1: Uh he was a he's an artist. I think he's in New York. But this remind like these remind me of his style figures that he makes. There was a whole series of them.
2: I'm there looking like little
1: monsters done in this style. Ooh,
2: the evil shimmer edition of the nefarious nether realm tyrants. Did those the nether realm tyrants by tag?
1: Those are like a newer version, but there's ones. Uh, I think they were sculpted by a guy named Gene Saint Jean from the toy industry. Um, what am I looking up here? Uh, go to Radioactive Uppercut's Instagram and scroll down to his Happy Independence Day posts. That's a good example of the guys I'm talking about.
2: Oh, see, that's so weird to me that those are the ones you were thinking. But as I'm scrolling through their feed, I'm seeing other pieces that to me fall in line even more so because they're more chubby chibi.
1: Yeah, but, but anyway, it's his, like, it reminds me of his style. It has nothing to do with what we're talking about. I don't even know why I brought it up. <laughs> it's not mean Vinyl hardcore it's a different guy it just reminds me of that style
0: okay i can see it yeah. I, see, I see what the point that you're trying to make between series two
2: and those the the moon vinyl hardcore chibis i think it's kind of cool that unbox is pushing these typically non-cute artists who create these really you know crazy detailed grotesque sort of designs and getting them to delve a bit into sort of the the cute lane i'm all for it
1: mm-hmm but, Teresa, here, let's ask a question. Would you ever buy that stuff? Would is it Because it's not really cute. It's more... It's still gooey and mutiny. Would you buy... Like, like what you said, they're trying to make cute things, but it's not cute enough for Teresa, right? No. So it's like... And I wonder, is it too cute for the monster guys? Like, do the monster guys rather have the crazy gooey monsters that look all weird what i'm asking is the is the audience there like it's not cute enough for the cute people but is it and is it too cute for the monster people or do the monster people not mind cute
0: man i think these this this one's writing that fine line i think it's from what the comments i'm reading mutant vinyl hardcore's audience and fan base is still highly loving this piece
1: well, I think his audience is going to buy whatever he puts out. Like, he, he's got a fan base.
0: I think it goes, I think it reverts better when it's something like a Mutant Vinyl hardcore going a little more cutesy than if you took someone who's known for doing super cute stuff and then someone reimagined it in a more sophisticated, gory, detailed style. Let's say you took the Whooper Looper and someone, Mutant hard, Vinyl hardcore, retranslated it. I don't think the whooper looper fan base would be remotely interested in that.
1: No, I don't think it goes the other way. I think the, the monster people can appreciate the cute. I don't think the cute people would ever want a monster. No, exactly. I I
2: agree. I mean, you scroll down mutant vinyl hardcore's feed past the chibis and you see some weird gross dude with a worm swimming from its mouth to its nose, to its eyeball. And I literally want to just, Go pull my
1: eyes out, It's freaking disgusting. <laughs> That's so, it right. Oh, it's an amazing sculpt, though, that whatever that axe guy is, really cool. So if people are wondering what we're talking about, go look at this guy's page, because there's this really cool comic uh, character, comic character, yeah. like an axe man with, like, rope around his waist and, and wrists and stuff. It's really cool. Nice sculpt.
2: I hear what you're saying. Like, is there an audience for that middle of the ground? I do think there is because I know there are people out there who who like kind of the cute aesthetic, but also kind of like more of the fantasy monstery type of stuff. And there's stuff out there that kind of lives in that zone where it's a bit more masculine. So, like, there are people out there who don't want to go crazy cute. You think about me like you can go crazy girly. And I'm not going to be like that's too girly, but there are people where there can be such a thing as too cute, and they're looking for that middle line. Think about like Vag, right? And there's like T9G, and even some of the Byrons and Rangerons that sort of toe the line a little bit. Like they don't go crazy cute, like some of the Pop Mart stuff. It to me, it falls a little bit in that lane.
0: I agree. So I think but there's Gary.
1: I would love to see this guy design your Woogalooper.
0: I'd like to see it, take it to a whole new audience for sure.
1: Yeah, I want to see Mutant Vinyl Hardcore's whooper Looper of yours, you know? It's like, that would be a great...
0: Yeah, I don't think I can think of an example of someone taking something that we know only as cute and then give it that hardcore treatment. I can't think of that. So, yeah, that would be really cool to see.
1: Yes, I'd like to see that too.
2: It'd be it'd be interesting to see someone try to go the opposite way.
0: Yeah. Teresa, you were talking about someone who kind of delves into that that middle ground world that on the fringe of being cued and on the fringe of being maybe crossing over to hardcore. And someone who I can think of that kind of does that pretty well is Brant Peters. And actually this week, Brant Peters released a 3D turnaround of a couple of characters. Again, with 3D sculptors, I don't know if this is just him showing an example of some work he's doing or if this is geared to be... A toy release in the future but he said he wrote something about this would be a secret if I could keep it a secret but anyways it was a girl kind of Medusa style snake, snakes coming out of her hair she's wearing a cape and has like a three-headed cerebus type dog all very Brant Peter style but these were really cool pieces I this is something I'm looking forward to seeing fleshing out further the only thing that I saw that I want to see on the next pass is right now she wouldn't stand on her own without a base and if these are going to be toys I'm hoping that Miranda's going to engineer it to where that girl can stand on her own without a base because those those snakes on the back of her head, the cape flying out, that's that's all going to make her top heavy and she's not going to be able to stand. So hopefully that's uh, that's all kind of figured out possible.
2: Right. Well, and that's what's interesting. So he posted a turnaround video on his account and there is like a big circular base underneath him right now. And so I don't know if that's just just there for the sake of being there or if it's intended that it's going to be part of the piece, but I'm with you. I mean, I think if you can make it self standing, that would be the preference, but it's cool. Like the little snakes coming out and the,
0: yeah, I great proportions. I've always liked Brand stuff. He does, he does wonderful work. And it's been a while since we've seen a toy release from brand and maybe a few years, I can really only think of the Harley Quinn, which from kid robot was the last one I can think of. But, you know, he's been he's art director over at Meow Wolf now. So he's probably throwing himself into that position. And if you haven't seen the Meow Wolf documentary, uh, be sure to check that out. It's really cool.
1: Speaking of seeing Brandt, I haven't looked at his pictures recently. Have you seen his beard? It's getting amazing. (laughs) No, I haven't. Holy cow, man. Looks good. I don't think I'd even recognize him. It's total rockabilly, like grayed out, like big, big ass beard. It's cool.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm not a beard guy. I can't uh-huh. appreciate it on the same level that you do.
1: You just can't grow one. That's why.
0: Never well, tried.
1: Challenge, challenge you to grow a beard from now to Designer Con.
0: Oh man, I I don't know. I don't. I, I decline that that challenge. I don't think I could pull it off. I don't think I had the testosterone to grow a great beard. <laughs> It'd be ugly. Anyway, let's move on. That's my. Those are my two Lisa sneak peeks. Let's move on to something else.
2: Okay. We're going to do one
0: more. Oh, my God.
2: Why not? Okay, because there's this really killer piece. We're, we're talking an hour about and 20 these...
0: minutes in. We had no, all these other three,
1: topics. we have a time limit all of a sudden? Yes.
2: 30 minutes of that was like dog
0: talk and whatever. All right, hot shots. You guys edit this episode.
1: Oh, no, that's still your job.
0: <laughs> <So> <laughs> shut that. the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I guess we're
1: done, everybody. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> no. Save
0: it for next week. But seriously, we we had a guest this week and we canceled on him because we we had all these toy talk topics that we were building up. We we're like, well, let's let's start doing every other week. So we canceled on him, and now we've spent our entire time just doing leaks and sneak peeks. We haven't done any toy talk at all. So Teresa, what do you want to do? You want to do another leak, or do you want to move on the to topics?
2: You told me to shut the f up, so that's. What no, I, was, I was, was telling
0: George to shut the fuck up. I would never say that to you, Teresa. I would say something like. Can you kindly shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I the one thing I've learned in life is to never tell a woman to shut up or be quiet or any phrase of such.
2: And I'm hanging up.
0: Fine. No, you're not.
2: Okay, fine. We'll jump into topics. Okay. Ready, set, go. Okay. Let's talk about let's talk about the Toy Chronicle redesign that launched. Okay. So I don't know if you saw George. Toy Chronicle not only did they redesign their site recently uh so it's a shiny new website but part of it is they've launched a forum so we were we've been talking about the kid robot forums lately i think we've been joked in a recent episode we we're like we should start a martian forum and lo and behold toy chronicle made one so what do y'all think you think uh you think people are going to use it and start jumping in and, and maybe the the days of kid robot forums will will come back
0: It's too soon, but I think with the Toy Chronicle being behind it and the things that I've heard that they're wanting to do with it, I do see them bringing the forum format back. I do. Yep.
2: Well, and so I, when they first launched and stuff, I didn't fully kind of understand, I guess, all that they had baked into the new site. But um, I've been dabbling a bit. So you can go, you can create an account now through Toy Chronicle. And that account allows you to post to the forum. And you can even um, comment on posts and like posts or whatever. But they've got like a point system thing. Created this sort of leaderboard. And I guess they're going to do different things and maybe contests and stuff wrapped around your rank. Which is kind of fun, right? But I was... The other thing, the thing I realized earlier tonight, so I was going in there and playing with my profile. And it's almost like a Facebook page kind of within Toy Chronicle. You can upload uh, like a profile photo and a cover photo and a description and, and all this kind of stuff. But guess what else you can freaking do? You can make your own posts.
0: like content posts, for the actual website.
2: Yes, you can make your own freaking blog post. How cool is that?
0: pretty awesome it I still has cool. it still has to be vetted though you just can't post yeah. anything and then poof it goes up like it has to be of decent quality of decent research probably fact-checked by the toy chronicle but if you've always wanted to write something for a toy blog anybody and everybody can do it now
2: isn't that cool i was, I literally i went i looked at my screen and i saw this create button i went hold the phone what is this and then i realized you can you can submit stuff. So if and they, they have a bunch of options in there. You can do polls, you can post a video, you can post audio, you can do uh, like a blog style, a list. Like this is schnazzy. Those guys a, they, they know. What hey, they're there's
1: doing. a Marsham section. There is a more section.
2: Yeah, they 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 created a the the lovely Gary and Andy created a section for us. So in the forum, it's a whole section. So yeah, if if you haven't been liking the different millions of ways we offer to listen, there's now one more. You can go over, and look at the forum and play it from there, and chat about it. Anyway, I think the I think that the, the changes they made are cool. I like that they're trying to bring back a forum. I think you're right, people. There's not a whole lot of accounts yet, a whole lot of activity, but get out there, use it. Let's let's make it a thing.
0: I think it's I think it's a great thing. I could totally see it being the place to go for. It's it's been up for a few weeks now, so it's off to a slow start. But I think maybe people are, people are just waiting for it to fill in. I'm sure a lot of people are checking in. They just don't want to be the ones to create posts and comment just yet. So I think, I think in a few weeks or a few months, you might see some good activity there.
2: Yeah, and I think slowly been sort of launching it out there to kind of play with it so maybe they're, they're not trying to you know, play it up too much but if you all, you, I'm out there you can find me and you can friend people and I even use the cute little Marsham Squee as my icon.
0: See I'm not friending you. I'm not going to use this thing like Facebook <laughs> where I'm going in there and I'm adding friends I'm just going to go in there, I'm going to lurk and maybe make the occasional comment but I'm well, not going not- not to use it as Facebook and a like little clicky thing
2: well, you're not going to climb the leaderboard then. You're not going to be earning them points.
0: That's fine. I'll I'll, I'll get by.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> would you, what do you think, George? What do you think about the idea of a forum?
1: I think my forum days are long past me. I, I moderated a forum for 10 years and it's a lot of work. It was fun. I had a great time doing it, but I was, that was back when I was only working for october toys and i wasn't i didn't have a day job I, I couldn't do a forum at this point
2: well kudos to andy and gary and pedro and the rest of the ttc team for taking it on
1: it's a lot of work yeah.
2: i'm sure it is because especially if they're having to prove everything is this thing grows and these these people all have day jobs. I think that's the one so many times in this scene, like someone posted in the forum. They were like, I knew, like, I kinda wanna do this. I want to do art. Like, do people do this full time? And I kinda wanted to be like, I don't want to burst your bubble, but the majority of people in the scene, this is not their job.
1: Even though even though everyone acts like it is. Yeah. I've got something okay. I can mention.
2: Okay, George. All uh, right, you go go ahead.
1: Uh the Anyone that knows the minifigure stuff that I put out, the uh, OMFG series, the minifigure militia has just finished off uh, with series two. They did them out of order. They chose their own order to release in, and they've been doing the Uzarian color, which is a uh, translucent slime green. And they started with three, then to four, then to one, and now they've gone to two, series two. So they've completed the set. So, if you want to get your Series 2 OMFG in Uzarian color, head over to the minifigure militia and buy your stuff.
2: I feel like we just entered back in the leaks and sneak please. <laughs> Slash a little bit of sponsors.
1: Hey, I wasn't allowed to talk about that in leaks and sneaks, please. You guys It was me? like a little. It Have was we Georgia's ever talked club. about this
0: minifigure militia?
1: Uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, we have at one point because I'm in it on Facebook. I'm like a creepy lurker because you told me to join the group for some contest thing and I never did it. And, and then I realized, OK, I entered it thinking, oh, I collect minifigures. But then we've we've learned and you have told us that what we say is minifigures is not really minifigures. And that entire group, it's like teeny weenies.
1: Well, yeah, you just you call everything a minifigure, even though it's just small figures
2: but they truly collect like kashi omfg but they're also kind of into like um what do you call them the little gumball-y type of machines but for toys
1: oh hell yeah all the gumball machine toys yeah yeah
2: Perfect. like that that's that's my interpretation of the minifigure militia but anyway all right there
1: you go next next topic
2: <laughs> sure. Here, real quick while we're while we're in while we're in plug mode go check out our flipping fantastic sponsors my plastic heart strange cat 3d retro toy chronicle spanky stokes you if you listen to us already know all the codes and websites and schnaz so just go
0: <laughs> wow i wasted all <laughs> my time spending like five minutes doing sponsors and you just wrapped it up in 15 seconds good job
2: you're welcome. Uh, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about US Sofubi? You want to talk about Funko, designer, toy, crossover? You want yeah, to talk want to about... To-
1: Wait, I want to talk about that. You guys mentioned Funko- you loving to see if uh, Jesse did a Funko Pop. Does that mean something's happening? Did you make it a reality?
2: Oh, no. Okay, so here... Okay, Gary, are you going to have to plead the fifth here?
0: Can we even do this segment? So you're asking me to talk on something that you know I can't talk on.
2: So here's, what tar- here's what's hard, George. Right, so now, here's, here's my- the
0: thing. Can you, can we speculate on stuff and
1: you just be quiet?
2: Exactly. Can we be the chatters and you just be a neutral third party for a minute and we do a disclaimer? Hey, Gary works for Funko. He can't say anything. He likes his job. But George and I want to talk about it. And our views are our views and our views only. You. That's all. Keep
0: Gary's good. Oh, if only it was that simple. It's not. I'll still be an accomplice to whatever is said. As long as we don't leak anything or whatnot, I think it should be okay. But let's just you, – you talk about it and I will let you know if we're in uncomfortable right. territory.
2: Okay. So here – okay. So here's the thing. No, no there's nothing – I mean not, it's not about Jesse Hernandez and all that. But there has been oddly a lot of weird – Bleeding of the world news going on, George. And I don't know how much you've seen of it, but None.
0: there's
2: been a couple. Okay, so there's been a couple different things. The first thing that came out was Funko's doing this new thing called, uh, it's like a new brand or series called Paka Paka or Paka Paka, and they're basically going to be creating um, their own Gashapon machines through GameStop. The first one that they released was actually Soda Cats. And I won't lie, when I first saw it, I had a knee-jerk reaction because it's dead up the soda cats that Black Seed has done. I don't know if you've seen those.
1: I don't even know what soda cats are.
2: Oh, gosh. It's Just picture the shape of a bottle, but it's got feet and, paw- like, paws and a cat head. And the little cat head has, like, a little cap on it with a straw going through it. It's a All blending right. of a soda and a cat.
1: Okay. Anyway,
2: it's just... It's this series that Black Seed has been putting out, and apparently they've collaborated with them, and they're going to be creating a Gashapon series using the same Soda Cat, and they're doing some other ones as well. They've released this one called Kawaii Village Japan. Um, oh, Soda Cat. I
1: looked it
2: up. Yeah. So anyway, so there's that one. There was this pa- paka, paka release, and when we started seeing it, it's- it was intriguing because the thought was, hmm, like, what does this mean? Does that mean that... Funko is starting to delve into the world of designer toys because Soda Cats is something that's in our scene, anyway. So there was this pack a pack of news, and then uh, there was a some teasers that started coming out. One was for New York Comic Con, and they created a Ron English Freddy Funko. So it's like a the vintage Freddy Funko figure, but with like the the signature Ron English grin.
1: Whoa, really?
2: Yeah. Interestingly enough, Ron English and Blackseed are both behind the scenes connected to the same company. So I don't think it's more than likely that's the reason why there's these multiple releases. But then along with that, the DesignerCon Instagram page teased a DesignerCon exclusive pop, a Mark Hamill pop. And there was also, in someone's Instagram story, a Designer Con exclusive teaser for some kind of Ghostbusters pop. Okay. And so it's this really intriguing kind of blending of the worlds. I don't know. I, I think the question is, like, what does this mean? You know, what does it mean for our scene? Do we feel like Funko's trying to get into designer toys? Do we think that, that this means that Funko is going to have a big presence at DesignerCon again this year since there's going to be Designer Con exclusive pops? Are they expanding behind the whole beyond the whole serial thing?
1: Well, some of that we can get answers to when we get Ben on to talk about Designer Con this year. True. Uh, so we'll have to wait for that to get that answer. I, I think that them doing that Soda Cat thing is pretty cool, actually. I, I like that character a lot. And, like, I have no idea how to get that figure. So being able to go to GameStop and get a blind box series of it in a gacha machine, and I love the gacha machines that Japan has. So if Funko can somehow make that gacha machine popular like it is in Japan, I'm all for it. I think that's great. Like, if it has to be them to start it and then people will follow suit because they're doing it, I'm I'm all for getting the gacha machines everywhere. That's cool. Um well, I- as yeah. far as bringing heard- in the Ron English thing, like I don't know, it, there's nothing Ron English hasn't put in a grin on. So I it was only a matter of time like I I mean that grin he like I don't think it's I don't think it's hard to get Ron English to put a grin on something. I think you just have to ask him.
2: I agree. I agree in both camps. I mean, we've talked a lot about Gashapons and wanting them to be more popular here. So if they can make it happen, by all means, I'm for it. And I agree that the soda cats are super cute. I They're actually um, a slightly different spin. They're named after actual sodas. So like Dr. Pur Purr instead of Dr. Pepper, Mountain Mew instead of Mountain Dew. So they've got some cute names compared to the Black Seed versions. And I'm also hoping, since they are a lower price point, um, I'm picturing that they'll be smaller as well. So like even teenier, which should be pretty cute. But yeah, I, th- I think the only thing just on like the, uh, the chatter around the whole Designer Con exclusive pops, you know, back when we talked to Ben last year, there was a lot of discussion around Funko coming to D- DesignerCon and what that would mean. And, you know, Ben talked a lot about, look, like I don't want it to be a pop thing. So it's a little weird to see, the idea of a designer con exclusive pop um i don't know the whole funko coming to D-Con, not come to decon whatever it's whatever i don't have any problem it wasn't an let me stop you right there
0: let me let me i can say one thing and honestly great job you guys your conversation i'm not going to have to cut anything else so that's awesome but the one thing i can say for a fact is funko is not going to be exhibiting at designer con this year i can say that for absolute certainty
2: Well, it's so intriguing you say that because I. It's very interesting because the sense you get is that they are going to be there based on all this stuff they're they're putting out. So I'm curious to see now who's going to have these exclusives. Maybe. I can't.
0: I can't say anything, but it's definitely not a Funko booth. You'll just have to wait and see.
2: Interesting. Because yeah, I mean, I think the big the big question for DECON has always been after last year and all the changes. You know, you, you start to worry about what decon's going to become, right? We no, people in our scene would hate to see DECON become another SDCC or NYCC. So the fact that Funko's not coming is intriguing to me because I figured after last year they would definitely be back.
1: Huh. Right, let's get off Funko so that Gary can come back to the conversation.
2: Okay. So the, la- the last thing is uh, there was a intriguing article by Toy Chronicle uh, about this new company called Mile High Sofubi, and they are attempting to do Japanese Sofubi in the U.S. And so if you read the article and look at their website, there's not a whole lot out there, but what they're trying to do, it's not just like, hey, we want to do stop vinyl here in the U.S., and there's the whole, I know there's the whole China versus Japan, whatever thing, but what they're trying to do is basically replicate, use the same process as Japanese Sofubi here in the U.S. So everything that we talked about with science patrols way back when, um, and it, I don't know, there was a lot of chatter. I, what do you all think about the idea of a U.S. based Japanese Sofubi company?
1: I mean, they're not the first to try it. <laughs> I mean... Andrew Bell has already had a figure that was pulled here in the U S there's other companies that have been trying that have tried to set up and do that as well. Um, there's a lot of regulations in the U S there's reasons it's not done here anymore. There's a lot of OSHA things and I don't know, there's just, there's just too many hurdles to jump. Um, it's definitely possible if someone wanted to have the money and wanted to set it all up, it's not a process that's difficult. It was original. I mean, there used to be many factories here in the U.S. that did it. it like in the '60s, uh, there was, you know, Mattel had, you know, Barbies pulled in the U.S. There was, it's been done here. It's not like it's never been here. Uh, it's just a matter of someone doing it and setting it up and spending the money to build the tanks and the, you know, the oil baths and all the stuff. It's not. It's not a hard process. Just someone has to do it.
2: Now, when you say people have done it before, because there is this whole. Also, Fubi is soft final, but not all soft finalists of Fubi. This whole debate that there's a China-made process versus a Japan-made process. I know a lot of people were getting a tizzy over it and all high and mighty like Japan or bust, blah 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 blah. Like I-, I was struggling to understand why people were so quick to dismiss it. So I'm trying to understand when we talk about all these people who used to do it here, were they using just some kind of soft final process or were they actually doing the authentic way that makers in Japan are doing today it's not
1: it's not a japanese invented technique it's literally just rotocast vinyl the thing that everyone likes is this the, there's a the company that these the people in japan are getting their vinyl from has a very specific vinyl that's the japanese vinyl that they're talking about if someone could get that vinyl here in the u.s you'd be able to do the exact same thing that they're doing and that's why when those companies like mindstyle who are saying they're making sofubi in china and it says like made in China with Japanese vinyl, they're importing the vinyl from Japan, bringing it to China and just doing the process there. The difference of the Chinese vinyl and the Japanese vinyl, that's it, that's the thing that's the difference. The techniques are all the same. There's nothing special about it. It's literally just spinning a mold. It's not, there's nothing special about the technique. Um, it all comes down to the quality of the vinyl. The vinyl that has been here in the U.S. Is a very beach ball smelling vinyl. So I don't know if anybody, if you got either of you guys, got the Angel Bell, the little guy that he made. It smells like a beach ball. Huh. Um, it's a very different vinyl, but that's the vinyl that's available in the U.S. So if someone wants to do it and they can somehow import that vinyl from Japan and then use that here, it would be the exact same as the stuff made in Japan. It doesn't matter where it's made. Everyone's using the same process. This process is ancient as far as like technology. It's not there's nothing crazy or special or inventive. Like toys used to be made this way here. Japanese dudes brought it back to Japan from the US where it was when they were making it here and then started it over there, and they have all the factories now, and all of our factories closed. No one makes it like that anymore. People used to make model kits out of soft vinyl like that was just the way they like there was, there was a ton of that being made here. It was even like independent people making some final model kits in like the sixties here in the U S and they just, everybody just stopped making, I think all the, there's probably just too many laws with OSHA and and chemicals. And just as all that stuff gets stricter and stricter, especially here in California, that stuff just disappears. That's why no one works. That's why there's no factories left in the U S we've, standardized everything so far that you can't do anything here.
0: The company that you well, guys are talking about in 2011, it was called voracious vinyl and the Andrew bell figure was produced through Andrew bell and my plastic heart labs and pH labs. It was called death dealer. They did several colorways and the, really that company voracious vinyl only did a few things before that completely fizzled out. I remember One Designer Con, we all went to a Sketchbot custom show on Melrose. And I think, George, I think you were actually there. We went to like a Chinese food for dinner after the event. And Buff Monster walks in and he has this clear Buff Monster toy. And he's talking about how this is being done in the United States by some L.A. producer. And that was the first time I ever learned about Voracious Vinyl. And then people all got all excited about it, but it came and went.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened to the dude. Like, I don't know. It's it's a lot of work.
0: Nobody ever wants to do all, like, <laughs>
1: nobody wants to put in the amount of work that it takes to do this stuff, except a dedicated Japanese dude who's, like, into it, you know? Like, that guy's been doing it for so many years. Millennials don't yeah. have the, the work ethic to do this stuff.
2: I I, I take offense to that, but um, moving <laughs> on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't realize, like, I didn't know about this voracious Vinyl thing I mean I heard I've seen that Andrew Bell figure I didn't realize it was made here but I don't know I mean I get I get everything you're saying and I get that there's a specific process there's a history there's an authenticity thing there's a material thing whatever I guess when I saw it though I don't know I just feel like so many people are so and maybe maybe I'm pie in the sky but I was just like cool that's awesome that someone wants to try and take this on and try to make it work I hope that they can. I, I hope everyone that don't. they
1: can. I, there's so many people that have said they want to do it over the years that no one ever does it. I, I, It would be great. I would think that there's a ton of people that would use them for product if someone could do it. If someone would step up and do it, there's there's a line of people they would have wanting to work with them out the door.
2: I agree. So I, I don't know. I, it just was really interesting in the thread because when I posted it, I posted it with like, Oh, my gosh, how cool. Like, look, guys, this is awesome. And then everyone was just like, <laughs> wham, wham. Poo, poo. <laughs> because all, because like, you
1: heard, this is the first time you're hearing someone try it. We've heard it for the past 20 years of people saying they're going to do it, and then it doesn't happen. So it's like, oh, hey, here's another guy who thinks he's going to do it.
2: Yeah, and it was a combination of that and people being like, you can't replicate Japan and Japan, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. I've never been all about my material must be.
0: I know. uh, Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And yes, you and I are the same way you and I, we do not need our material out of a specific location. We just like toys. And I equated this in one of our threads. We were talking about this and um, someone was saying that they only want their toys to come out of Japan. And me being snarky and kind of poking fun and being sarcastic, I said, well, I only like pizza out of Italy, specifically Naples, because that's kind of how it reads when people say that they only want their toys coming out of Japan. I'll eat pizza anywhere. As long as it's a somewhat decent pizza, I'll eat a DiGiorno's and then I'll spend 30, 40 bucks on a really, really good pizza. So it really depends on things. But as far as toys go, Teresa, you and I just are different. Some people, have just just a personal preference, you and I don't care where the toy is made so long as it looks cool on our shelves, and other people like to know a little more of the backstory of where their, their toy came from, so they're a little more loyal to regions and whatnot. They like knowing that their toy was made at the same factory as that, that made their Bandai toys when they were kids, or maybe it was sculpted by the same person who did a certain Godzilla toy or something like that. The smells, the streets, the, the people. So they, they have a connection to the toy on a different level than, than you and I do.
2: But, okay, let me make it a different analogy. Because I understand the people who say that China made soft vinyl and Japan made soft vinyl are different. I get that. I, that is not a debate. Where I come in is, let's say let's take your pizza analogy, right? We'll eat pizza wherever, right? I'll go to freaking Blaze Pizza with a chain and eat it, and I don't care. But Let's say that you know you know a friend, and they learned about the authentic his- historical way to make a specific pizza that has been passed down f- through Italy for years and years and years, right? There's a very specific recipe and a way to do it, and they say, yes, I want to be authentic. I want to make a pizza like they made in the 1800s in Italy. And they sit, and they learn, and they do research, and then they come here, and they sit in their home in the U.S., And they make that authentic pizza, right? What I don't get is why people look at that authentic pizza and say, that's not the same as making that pizza over in Italy. But it is. They followed the process. They followed the history. They did the research. And to me, that's what Mile High Sofubi is trying to do here. They're trying to follow all the things that they're doing in Japan here and make it authentic.
1: Yeah, but there's a difference between following the thing and making it authentic, which it still would be. I understand what you're saying. But Gary is saying the actual dude that pulled your toy out of the mold is the guy that pulled that toy 40 years ago out of the mold you bought when you were a kid. Like the same okay. dude. Like Steve. Steve pulled that toy 30 years ago and painted it. And then Steve pulled your toy out of the mold right now. I, I gotcha. Like that's authentic.
2: Okay. It's the person. And I I get, I get that now that you're saying it that way. I guess I just don't. If someone is trying to honor Steve and do do what Steve does here, to me, that is trying to be authentic in the best way you can. Versus just creating a factory that does whatever or using whatever process. I
0: agree. I All right. Let's wrap this up. Wrap it up. <laughs> All right. Why don't each of you take a brief moment and let the listeners know where they can find you. Teresa, go first.
2: Sure. Check me out on Instagram, TMHawk24, and you can find me in the TTC forums. What what?
0: As what? Teresa Hawkins or TMHawk24?
2: Well, that's weird. So we cre- we had to create a username, so I created one TMHawk24, but I show as Teresa Hawkins in the posts. Okay. So
0: George, where can people find you on the Toy Chronicle forums?
1: Uh, you cannot at this moment. Okay. Maybe one day, but right now you can find me on Instagram at double G toys. And don't forget to buy all OMG Series Two Uzarian Green at the Minifigure Militia.
0: I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at superham.com or Gary Ham on Instagram. Or I don't know what my handle on the Toy Chronicle forum is, but let's assume it's Gary Ham. Oh my! God. Oh my God! This is been... disgusting. <laughs> This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to,
1: but because Gary burps.
0: So until I don't our next t- <laughs> until our next transmission, we're signing off. Bye. Bye. Woo! That was uh, that was terrible. That was an interesting and one, and that
1: burp
2: was disgusting.
0: Yeah, it got a little lodged in my throat before it wanted to come out.
2: <laughs> you need to, if, you do not, if you do not edit that out, you will literally have people retching in their mouth. That you should just
0: them. edit in the, the
1: elf bird instead. That's
0: probably the best part about the whole episode. Two hours and 15 minutes. Oh, my minutes. God.
2: I give up. I give up on trying and prepping and no! whatever.
0: Teresa, it, it was a good episode. Stop it. It was, it was good.
2: Y'all, I'm
0: throwing up deuces. This has been fun. I'm firing myself yet again. No Teresa was a good episode. this This is like the what, the fifteenth time she's trying to fire herself. Without Teresa, we don't exist. So Teresa, you're not going anywhere.
1: You're on fire, Teresa, sorry.
0: (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) Alright. (laughs) Alright. Have a good night, guys. Alright. Bye. Bye.